RVFTA's Campground of the Week is sponsored by Jayco. To view their complete line of RVs, visit jayco.com. And by Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts. To find a campground near you, visit campjellystone.com. America the Beautiful. There is adventure to be found around every corner. And there is no better way to explore it than by staying at one of our country's 14,000 campgrounds. Our team of correspondents will guide you to the best places to park your rig or pitch your tent. On each week's episode, we'll give a complete review of one campground, location, activities, amenities, best sites, and tons of other insider intel. Plus, we'll talk about regional highlights, food, culture, attractions, family fun, and all things great outdoors. From the East Coast to the West Coast, and from the Great Lakes to the Mississippi Delta, it's time to hit the open road with RVFTA's Campground of the Week. Our Midwest correspondent is Carrie Cox. Carrie will tell you buying an RV is one of the best decisions she ever made. Her Jayco 184BH christened Birdie has taken her family on epic cross-country road trips and on many adventures close to home. Carrie is a teacher from Missouri who travels with her husband and two teenage sons. You can follow her adventures on her blog and Instagram account at Travels with Birdie. Welcome to the show, Carrie. No, no, no. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carrie Cox. <laughs> the show, Dr. Cox. <laughs> I think it is officially the first time you are on the show as Dr. Carrie Cox, so we will try to address you as such <laughs> going honest, forward. I'll take it. She went and got her um, EDD in campground studies. Yeah, and she had to spend significantly less time at the campground, I think, over the past year or so because you were becoming a doctor. So we salute you for that, don't that sacrifice. A, don't call it a comeback because she's been here before. Yeah. That's right. So I'm excited to be back. And we did squeeze in some adventures over the past year. That's right. And we are going to definitely tell everybody about some of them in the upcoming months. But where are you taking us to this week? So I'm taking you to Lake Washita State Park. It's near the popular travel destination of Hot Springs, Arkansas. I've been noticing on Instagram and social media, it seems like all the cool kids have been going to Hot Springs lately. So you can count me and Ponytail Express is one of our uh, fellow RVFTA fans. We took a joint trip to Hot Springs last year and I let her pick the campground and she picked Lake Washita State Park. It is located on one of the cleanest lakes in the nation, and it's surrounded by a national forest. And it's right outside Hot Springs, which is just this really cool town and a national park. You are right. I have seen this (laughs) popping up all over social media, so I'm glad to hear more about it, too. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Jayco Fun and Family. It's what Jayco has been focused on for generations from the first camping trailer that rolled off the production line on founder Lloyd Bontrager's farm in 1968 to today, where Jayco is building everything from camping trailers to Class A motorhomes with a blend of old world Amish 
craftsmanship, and innovative technology, Jayco builds more value into their RVs than any other manufacturer in the industry with more standard features and the best two-year limited warranty offered. Visit jayco.com or your closest Jayco dealer for more information. Jayco, generations of family, fun. Now, Kara, you said all the cool kids are going here. Is this really (laughs) becoming sort of uh, like the next hot spot? As it were? I think so. I think Arkansas, I keep saying it, I think Arkansas is this underrated gem that people are starting to discover. It has a, you know, a lot of natural beauty. It's called the natural state after all. And then there's all these just quirky, fun little towns in Arkansas. And I think with all of the interest in our national parks, with Hot Springs being a national park, that's of course attracting a lot of people there. Now, Carrie, this isn't the first time that you visited this area of Arkansas? No, my honey, my husband, my honey, my husband and I. <laughs> and your honey. <laughs> and he's my honey. We honeymooned there over 20 years ago. Um, and we've returned many, many times. We've taken our kids. We keep going back because of its history, its charm, its natu- natural beauty. It's just one of those places that makes a fun getaway. So give us a little bit more about the specific location for those that don't know the geography that well. So... Hot Springs itself is in central Arkansas. It is uh, west of Little Rock, which is Arkansas state uh, state capital. And Lake Washita State Park is on the far eastern edge of Lake Washita, which is the largest lake located entirely within Arkansas. So if you look on a map, you should be able to see Lake Washita there. And then um, the campgrounds on the eastern edge, which puts it about 20 minutes northwest of Arkansas. So it's not... Uh, right, or 20 minutes from northwest of Hot Springs. So it's not right there in town. It's, you know, a little bit of a drive, but it's a pretty drive. And it's a con- convenient enough to be a good base camp or a place to go just to hang out in and of itself. And Carrie, you're a big fan of the Arkansas State Park system, correct? Yes, we went to Petty Jean State Park last fall, and that place is just beautiful. And and we hear so many good things about all of the other state parks. Uh, lots of friends love Devil's Den State Park, um, and they're just everywhere in Arkansas. So they seem to have a good state park management system and keep them well-maintained and uh, some beautiful spots. We'll link to the um, link to some of those things that we've covered already on Campground of the Week with you as well in the show notes over at RBFTA for everybody. And, so and Carrie's got some great blog content. Yes, and on, we'll link to that on as well. her favorite Arkansas destinations. And I'm thinking of Bentonville and some of mm-hmm. the other places you've visited and done some really great blog yeah, posts so and Campground of the Weeks for us. Got a lot of Arkansas between RBFTA.com and TravelsWithBirdie.com. You can plan your. Your first Arkansas adventure, Arkansas. <laughs> right. I, I do. I think that Carrie does have her finger on something here, though. I, I really feel like Arkansas is emerging mm-hmm. as this really yeah. great um, RV destination for sure. Yeah, I saw the Rock the Park guys. They posted from Ponca, Arkansas, not too long ago. So, yeah, even the Rock the Park guys are there. Right, words getting out pretty soon. Everybody will be complaining <laughs> that, you know. They're going to blame it on Dr. Yeah. Cox. <laughs> They're going to yeah. say, oh, it's not the same anymore. Everybody's here. All right, so That's tell right. us what the actual campground kind of looks like on this lake. So this is a large state park, and there are 56 RV sites, and they're divided across three loops. And there are 33 tent sites divided across two loops. So not a ton of sites. Um, what sites they do have, of course, are kind of large, like you expect with a natu- uh, state park. And 
So you're going to be kind of in a small, you know, a small number of sites, but you're in a big park. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Is this a beautiful park? Give us a little bit about the physical description. Yes. So, of course, it's surrounded by that Washita National Forest, like I mentioned, and right on the banks of one of the cleanest lakes in the nation. So that natural beauty just really shines through, and they've done a great job of preserving that and putting sites um, that are right on the lake. Uh, You get a lake view from practically all of the sites, especially in loops B and C. We'll talk a little more about the specific loops later. But you get that water view, um, and even if your site isn't on the water, all of the loops are right along the water. So you can go out to enjoy the sunset and the night sky and to sit along the shores and hear the waves crashing in. So a very relaxing park with lots of beauty. Now, you mentioned that um, Shay from Ponytail Express kind of led you to this campground, um, and you guys booked it together. What's the booking process like for Arkansas State Parks? So they have a, a, a website that's really easy to use, and this um, they do be they do probably book up because they're pretty popular, you know, as a lot of our state parks are. So we booked about a month before our spring break trip. And in Missouri, spring break is in March, which is barely even spring. So I would say this was definitely still the off season for the park. Um, I'm sure summer is a lot harder to book because once that lake comes alive and the weather is right, I'm sure there's tons of people who want in this park for that lake access. And this is a bargain, isn't it? How much does it cost to camp here? $35 a night, and they have full hookups across the park, which is really nice. Every site other than the tent sites has 50-amp um, sewer and water, which is really premium. I'm thinking that we need to have one of our roundups be state parks with full hookups. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> do you yeah. think that we could do that, Carrie? Do you think that yeah, we can really get enough is. for a list? Because I think it's pretty special. <laughs> I know. I like try to find those whenever I can because we are fans of hookups so and natural beauty. So you can get the best of both worlds. I have never paid $35 a night for, for full, full hookups. hookups probably so not. I have to go to Arkansas to do that, I think. I know. We'll just have to pay gas to get there. All right. Now, let's. you said that we were going to dive into sort of those specific loops and kind of what you recommend for various people. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. So Loop A is the largest, and to me it seemed a little more rustic. I almost wondered if maybe it was the first loop that was built and it kind of just maintained that rustic state park feeling to it. Some of the sites in Loop A do not have water views, but they have lots of trees and natural beauty um, of their own. Loop B and C are pretty small, and they were renovated within just the last couple of years. Uh, So they have really nice gravel pads, and um, you can see the lake from every site in Loop B and C, and some of them um, are right on the lake. And then my favorite sites, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm not a tent camper, but my absolute favorite sites in this park were this string of tent sites in Loop A. So Loop A is located on a peninsula, and these tent sites are just strung along this peninsula that extends out into the lake, and they are right on the water. So I mean, just walking through there and, again, hearing the sound of the waves crashing. And we went at night and we could see the stars from the end of this peninsula. I told Russell, I was like, I really want to go back and 
rent a tent site and an RV site. And so I'm not a tent camper. I'm, I'm not one to go without. I really like to have a restroom, electricity, doors that lock and all of those things. But these tent sites just were so beautiful that I was like, I just want to sleep there and hear that sound, the sounds of those waves. And so I'm tempted. Uh, so RV, look, RV owners have to face the facts that occasionally the tent campers get the better sites. Oh, it was I felt like it was like that at Custer State Park too. Those tent sites um in blue in the Bluebell campground were unbelievable with some of the views. And you know what? You just can't necessarily get an RV into those sites. I, oh, I think well. every RV owner should go tent camping once a year. It, yeah, to get that amazing site that you can't get you'll to. You'll have otherwise. a lot of fun. You'll be really thankful to get back in your yeah. RV. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> The sites are so cheap that you can get a tent site and an RV site and still be under $50 a night. So I think it's the best of both worlds. I think, can, that I th- was I think first, Harry's done the yeah, math on that. Yeah, no, that was uh, the first recommended on Campground of the Week by uh, Matthew Callis, who actually recommended getting a hammock site, <laughs> a second hammock site. And that was just such a fantastic recommendation. I mean, you know, way to do a little self-care and splurge with your money, you know, get those two sites. A forest bathing site. As yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, we've been meaning to add that to our campground recommendations, which campsites have hammock um, hammock access, hammock yes, trees. <laughs> so, I know we really should just, we need to yeah. call Best it out. Campgrounds for hammock. For camping. hammock. We're That's thinking our next of all round these, up. Like, Buzzfeed articles, I think right now. <laughs> yeah. so Best campgrounds for hammocks. All right. Yeah. So let's dive into, you know, some state parks we know have nothing but the site and the beauty and others are offering a lot of amenities these days. So where does this fall into that spectrum? I think you have a lot of amenities if you're um, planning to use the lake there. So they have a full-service marina with boat and personal watercraft rentals, which uh, we didn't get to take advantage of because we were super busy going into hot springs. But if we went in the summer and planned several weeks or several days, I'd like to plan several weeks here, several days here, I would definitely include a day to get out on the water, whether we rented a big boat for our whole family or kind of had personal watercraft that we could scooch along uh, the shoreline in. Um, If you have your own paddles and uh, kayaks and paddle boards, this is a great place because you can get right to the water from almost any of the sites. So you you don't have to tote all of those across uh, campground. They have a swim beach, which our campsite, we were in Loop B, and we could walk right down to the swim beach, uh, the playground, a visitor center, and then lots of trails. So they have a a really big uh, four-mile trail through the woods and along the lake. And then there's uh, Three Sisters Spring Historic Site, which kind of connects in with um, history of hot springs as a place where people go to enjoy these kind of thermal springs. So obviously, this is a state park open to the public, and all these things that you're talking about are not just for the campers there, but also for for day use as well, correct? That's right. Yes. A lot of people probably come in, especially again in the summertime, to do all of those activities. All right, Carrie, we know we can always get a really accurate report of both (laughs) Wi-Fi and cell service from you. What's the scoop here? So plan to unplug, like zero, <laughs> like totally unplug, zero cell signal at our site. This is almost unheard of with Verizon. We have found that like no matter where we are, our cell phone works, even if our data doesn't. Mm-hmm. But 
here it was just dead, dead, zero. So, you know, you do have to take that into consideration, especially um, somebody was looking at staying in this park and was asking me for um, information about it. And they were parents who were traveling, but leaving their kids at home, you know, so that would be something that you probably might not be comfortable with if you're in that kind of situation where, you know, you want to be reachable. So, uh, but you can get a pretty decent cell signal in loop a, if you kind of walk around and it's even nice because the state park has put on the campground map where your cell cell signal is likely to pick up. So that's kind of helpful. You know, you knew if you went to hang out, um, by the shower house and in Lupe it worked and by this one sign, it looked really well. We picked up, um, pretty much through all of camp, um, loop a, uh, as we walked around. So if you want to go unplug, but then, go somewhere to check in you can walk around loop a and find some some sites they do have wi-fi at the visitor center and of course my teenage children you know had to go and take advantage of that they drove over at night because we now have a driver in the family and they were parked in the parking lot and the park ranger you know kind of came up and was like what are you doing and kind of gave them the what to and they're like we're using the wi-fi like like <laughs> hello we're not causing trouble we're just using the wi-fi yeah. you know and for any judgy mcjudgers out there yeah. like going well like what what do you need the wi-fi for what do you need i find too it's not just about wanting to be connected while i'm at the campground sometimes it's about the fact that i'm just not used to planning ahead like if I'm reading on my Kindle, I don't think ahead of time before we go to the campground to download books because I'm so used to having a signal on my phone. So I'll just be like, oh, I'll, you know, just download it to my phone Kindle when I get there. And then you get there and it can't download a book. So it's not just about or wanting just to be researching where to go out for dinner. Yeah. Or it's yeah. like using Yelp or there's so many ways in which we're just used to having that immediate access when we need information that I think mm-hmm. it's really valuable to know in advance these days that you're not going to have that cell signal even just to to order pizza or whatever. Yeah. When we went to Sequoia National Park, we had a tire blowout that kind of damaged the um, underneath of our trailer a little bit. You know, it wasn't bad enough that we couldn't drive or anything. But we were at a campground that didn't have Wi-Fi and it may I don't it didn't even have a phone signal either. And so I was really stressed trying to research what we needed to do for our attire, and I couldn't do it at the campground. And it, that ended up kind of coloring my whole experience, you know, because I just kind of remember the stress of being there and not being able to solve this problem that I could have just, if I had the internet, <laughs> could have taken care of, figured out what we needed to do, found the tower, tire, tire shop to get our tires replaced, all of that stuff. So, you know, it is good to have that balance. Um, I, some people can live without it, but I'm really used to using it. My kids are, and if they're out hanging out with us all day and being good participants and <laughs> they want to yeah. at night, that's kind of how we unwind after everything mm-hmm. else done at night. We kind of unwind, use our devices. And I don't think it's any distraction from our connection at all with each other. So your two, two teenage boys weren't satisfied with just doing the hay rides and the tie dye crafts. The- <laughs> <laughs> what kind of programs did they have? have here at this state park. (laughs) So they really have a good um, selection of interpretive programs. I was just on their uh, event calendar looking it up, you know, to prepare for this. And even in October and November, they're still hosting lake tours where you get to board a boat and go out and tour the lake. Uh, They do guided hikes. And traditional, of course, informative presentations have an amphitheater and all of that. And then crafts and programs for the kids. So this um, 
right now they have something going on that looked super fun. They're taking kids on a trick-or-treat expedition to an island. So you get to go on a boat, go out to an island, and then trick-or-treat out there. And then they also have campfire scary stories happening. So that's just kind of what they have going on and what you would think of as the off-season. So I know in the summer they're packed with fun things for adults and kids. So the best of both worlds. I mean, you have Mm -hmm. all the natural beauty of a state park, but then there's also a lot of things to do there. I mean, we just don't have state parks like that. I'm always jealous when I hear about ones like this. You know, I mean... Go go ahead, Carrie. (laughs) Yeah, so even though we use it as a base camp for Hot Springs, um, after we left, I was like, we really could just go and spend a week in that park and hang out and, and relax. I know that, Carrie, one of your favorite campgrounds that, you know, is Rafter J Bar Ranch. And yeah. for us, it was amazing when we went there, too. And it's almost sounding like, you know, that's like the private park that feels like a state park. And this is almost like a state park that feels like a private park, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways. Like it has it's like ringing the same notes with me. Yeah, they really do a great job. And I think, you know, so many friends have gone to Arkansas State Parks and have had the same experiences wherever they go. So I think they've invested really well in their parks and they offer a great experience. Now that you've got everybody excited to go, give us some insider details, any little nitty gritty stuff that'll really help somebody maximize the fun they have on their trip. So I thought that the prime sites in this campground were in loop B and C, um, the, the waterside sites. And so that would be numbers 43 through 45 and number 53 through 56, because those were kind of at the edge of the peninsula in those loops. And they were RV sites that were right on the water. Um, so they were almost as good as those tent sites I fell in love with, just a little farther back, of course, um, because they had to get you up on the hill so you're level and not uh, not at risk of flooding, probably. Uh, anyway, so those are particularly beautiful sites. And then, of course, as I said before, consider getting a tent site and an RV site in, in Loop A and get the best of both worlds. So you can sleep under the stars and then return to your fridge and your RV and use your amenities and have your clothes and all of that stuff. Keep all your gear and junk in your RV and then just sleep under the stars. I love that idea. We were pulling out of Assateague and <laughs> I, one of our boys said something about uh, you know the tent and I said, I forgot that you could set up the RV and the tent on the same site there and that would have been perfect for us if we had set up that tent and been able to Can't sleep under up, the stars. two tents yeah, on an RV site at Assateague? There, that yeah. is so generous. And, and I nice. was like, yeah. we should have brought the tent. And you know, a little bell went off in my head on that and I was like, I need to start thinking about that in the future when we're going to a really scenic location because there really isn't anything like sleeping under the stars and then having those RV amenities right next door to you to make your coffee in the morning. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And we've, you know, we've talked about that we really are kind of outgrowing birdie thanks to the six foot tall teenager who can barely (laughs) crunch up inside a birdie. And Russell keeps saying, well, we just need to keep birdie for us and stick the kids out in the tent, you know. But if you're at a place like this, I'm like, I could use the tent and we could leave them in the trailer. But yeah, so lots of fun options there. This place sounds (laughs) so dreamy and and perfect. I I almost feel bad asking you for a nobody's perfect, but uh, what do you got? I mean, what could be improved here? Uh, I just really say that you have that big camper beware about the lack of cell signal. Because again, we're, we're, we're used to maybe not having Wi-Fi access and data access on our phones, but we're just really not used to having nothing on the phone. So, um, we, I know, um, 
you know, if you have an emergency situation or somebody needs to reach you or you need to work, you just cannot plan on that. But it is accessible. So, you know, go to Lupe if that is a concern and you can get something. Now, Carrie, you said that you wanted to mention, right, a couple of other highly reviewed parks in the area just to throw their names out there for folks. Yeah, so Hot Springs, I mean, it really has a plethora of options. So when Shay and I were planning this trip and she was saying, you know, there's this and this and this, and I was like, and there's also this and this, you know, I can fall into that conundrum of just researching to death and not <laughs> picking a site. So I was really glad when Shay was like, okay, Lake Washita it is. Um, but anyway, there is a national park campground, Gulfa Gorge, and we drove through there to check it out. And it was pretty. Um, not, I don't think it was as pretty as Lake Washita State Park. But the sites there are all first come, first serve. And that's really hard for anybody, for us. I, I don't like to go anyplace if I don't know I'm going to have a site. So Gulf of Gorge is an option, and I think it also has hookups, which is kind of rare for a national park. And then um, Hot Springs happens to have, like, three big lakes around it. One of the others that is closer than Lake Washita is Lake Catherine. And Lake Catherine's also really beautiful, and there's a state park on it. And there's a resort campground called Catherine's Landing that people in RV forums and friends have all bragged about. So those are a little closer to Hot Springs and um, great choices, too. So you really cannot go wrong. We even drove through the KOA there. It looked good, too. So lots and lots of options in Hot Springs. Uh, you're making me think, of, and Stephanie as well, of all these kind of like BuzzFeedy listy kind of blog posts yeah. and, and podcasts we could do. Like, I'm thinking we need to do like an RV hot list, you know, like yeah. the, like the next hot RV <laughs> destinations with Dr. Yeah. Carrie Cox, you know. And, and this seems yeah. like it would definitely be some somewhere up at the top of a list like that. I think Charleston was there a couple years ago. Like, people were really discovering it as a major RV destination. Like, you do see those things kind of blow up, and then all of a sudden, it becomes the first place that people recommend, you know. When, I would even think the Assateague area yeah. because I mean everyone knows Assateague, mm. but now I think Frontier Town's being renovated yeah. and you have castaways and like this whole area and there's the Chincoteague KOA not super far right. away. It's true. It's just like this area is blowing up as an R V destination. Yeah. So Carrie's gonna give us some regional highlights in a second, but we need to check in with Yogi Bear and our friends at <laughs> Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park w- campers. We do need to check in and you know what? I'm thinking that Fredericksburg was kind of like that. And we visited a bunch of Jellystones in that area. So we got to do the Hill episode. country. Yeah. And I really do feel like Fredericksburg was like an exploding RV destination so in Hill So we are like brainstorming. We are just like, so Stephanie, let's let's nail this down right now. We're going to yeah. do like an RV hot list, hot list. either on RVFTA or here on Campground of the Week. We've got to do it. We'll see. All right. So award-winning Jellystone parks have everything your family needs to make long-lasting camping memories. Whether you're an RV enthusiast, you enjoy the comforts of a cat or you prefer tent camping. Jellystone Parks have first-rate accommodations, amenities, and activities. And there's a couple of things that you need to know right now. First of all, there's a bunch of Jellystone Parks that are open all through the year. Very many of them are in the lovely state of Texas. Texas is a strong Jellystone state. Yeah, so you can actually go to campjellystone.com and they'll have for you a list of Jellystones that are open year-round. So if you want to take that off-season trip, you know, you can actually do it and still have have a lot of those amenities and everything, which is great. The next thing you need to know is you should be 
thinking and booking your big Jellystone trip for next summer right now because the best sites at the best Jellystones actually fill up way in advance. Can we take our own advice on that one? Oh, I know where you want to book, but no, you're not getting a commitment from need, me yet. There's a, too many balls a, in the air. I need air. a return trip to the Jellystone Loray. He wants Luray. to go back Love to Loray. We haven't been there in a while. It was one of our first amazing Jellystone experiences. The boys remember that place and they were like, five when they went there and they can remember everything about it. So go to campjellystone.com to find a campground near you. All right, Carrie, I hope you took a breath and you're ready to dive into the regional highlights. I am. All right. (laughs) She took a sip of water, hopefully. (laughs) Hot Springs. It's just one of those places where there's so many different kinds of activities. I think that's why, you know, it's been a popular honeymoon destination. Great for families, great for couples. Just, you know, there's a lot to do in this little town. All right. So we know that you've told us about some of those already, and we'll make sure that everything gets linked to from all the other previous content. But where are we going to go first? So, oh, I was wanted to make the connection first that we had talked about a similar town called Eureka Springs um, in Campground of the Week 87, but it's actually a different town, but kind of had the same claim to fame with the spring. So if people are listening and they're like, haven't we heard this about Hot Springs before? <laughs> oh, it's actually a different town, a little smaller. Um, Hot Springs is kind of, is, is the bigger one in Hot Arkansas, known for its springs. So the Native It's also America the destination is, where Carrie and Russell had their honeymoon, which historically right. is also very important. <laughs> it is. It is. So it's, it's just a great little town. So um, Native Americans, of course, loved this area. They had, had called it Valley of the Vapors, and you can you could see in old photos these hot springs flowing from the hillsides in this area of the Washita Mountains, and the vapor would kind of rise from the steam. And, of course, people started to come um, in later decades and generations because uh, proprietors would claim, like I said about Eureka Springs, that these waters had healing properties. And um, that was just kind of a big thing. I think around the turn of centuries, everybody was looking for um, different different ways to heal their ales. And here we go. We have hot water. So in 1832, before Arkansas was even a state, the federal government claimed a piece of land in Hot Springs, and they named it the Hot Springs Reservation. So it's kind of interesting that this was before Yellowstone was set aside as a national park. And so some people contend, really, this was kind of the first natural national land set aside for public enjoyment. So kind of a point of contention on our first national park, even though this wasn't a national park, it was um, that first that first piece of land. So and that's interest. why we have the librarian researcher on Campground uh, of the Week. Finding there you the go, best, folks. Just finding the that's best nuggets get, for you. Tidbits. And where else do you get these nuggets other than the Campground <laughs> no, of the Week podcast? No, other than from uh, Dr. Carrie Cox right there. <laughs> I fell into a rabbit hole. It's like, you know, you start thinking, well, why is this, this, why is that? You know, and then you just fall into those rabbit holes and you end up having to read and learn the whole history. So it's just kind of has this fascinating history. Um, so after all of that, then they started building these bathhouses along this hillside to take advantage of those waters. And these bathhouses are what uh, is one of the major attractions in the national park today, after it finally did become a national park in 1920. Um because each bathhouse has its own architectural style and they're just really grand and magnificent and they have 
their own personalities. So one of the things you would do if you go to Hot Springs and go to the National Park is you walk along Bathhouse Row and you look at these beautiful bathhouses. And after their initial popularity, they kind of faded away. I think almost all or maybe all of them closed up, fell into disrepair, and eventually the National Park began renovating them. And so now they're all in various stages of renovation and used for different things. Uh, One of the bathhouses, the Fordyce Bathhouse, is the official National Park Visitor Center. And so you can go in there and get a tour to see what these grand bathhouses would have been like at the turn of the century. And so people would go to them. They would do things like, of course, sit in hot water and kind of take a swim. But they had all kinds of interesting contraptions that were popular um, at the turn of the century during that kind of hazy (laughs) um, scientific phase of um, shocking people with electricity. Or they have like... (laughs) (laughs) That hazy scientific (laughs) phase. (laughs) Yeah, they kind of, you know, you've seen that. Our big stupid past. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's one of the services they offered. You could get certain kind of electrical treatments. You could sit like in steam boxes where just your head came out and they have some of those there to this day. The good old days, Carrie, the good old days. (laughs) They had a big gym, like a gymnasium in this place because in this time period, they really believed people needed to be doing physical activity to get healthy. And so there's this you know, beautiful renovated gymnasium in the Fordyce bathhouse um, from the late 20s. And so it's just really fascinating. It's quirky. And then it's just grand and different. You know, it's just imagining what what the people were like who came here, what these different treatments were and what they believed um, about these waters during that time period. Uh, the waters today are used for something kind of different, used for something kind of unique and different at the Superior Bathhouse. It is now a microbrewery, the only one in a national park. That is so and cool. It uses, yeah, it uses the spring water to make beer. And I think they also claim that maybe they're the only place that uses spring water in the brewery process. And now, so, did your husband Russell do some research there? Well, he actually doesn't like beer as much as I do. So I was doing the primary. Oh my God, I'm totally shocked by that. (laughs) So Shay and I went, we um, each had a flight, sampled several of the beers. There was like a honey one that was super good. There was one with like basil, um, tried some, just several different, several different things they made. Did you save your receipts? We'll refund you for that. That's, that's research. (laughs) Send send those receipts to Stephanie. (laughs) Spence reports Uh, from Carrie Cox. (laughs) Yeah. So Shay, um, Shay and I went, we took our family. So it was fun to visit with each other and talk about our love of RVFTA, all things RVing and enjoy a microbrewery with spring water. Now, is Shay as quirky? Try not to be too mad that you did it without us. We know we couldn't make it. Is Shay as quirky and fun in person as she is on Instagram? Or is it a persona? The Ponytail Express? she's absolutely fun and delightful. Her children are fun and delightful. Her husband's fun and delightful. Her sister was along for the trip with her children. So it was absolutely fun. It was one of those things where I was like, you know, telling my husband, Hey, we're going camping with somebody from the internet. We've never met before. And of course my husband and I are both kind of introverts. And so we're kind of terrified. Like what if this is the worst thing ever? And we're like spending four days with these people. We've, we've you know? met Shay before. We could, we could have given yeah. you a pre-approval. Yeah. yeah. You should have just called us. We have yeah. felt 
filters. Yeah. We we have the RVFTA filters. Now, now it's a good filter. Now Casita Dean. Now Casita Dean. That's another story. He's trouble. Okay. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. He's trouble. All right. So this yeah. is just such a. This sounds like such a unique um, national park site. What else was going on here? <laughs> So behind the bathhouse row, there's uh, the mountainside with the springs, and there's trails in that. And one of the most popular ones is called the Grand Promenade, and it was built by the Works Progress Administration in the 1930s. And it's just one of those places where you imagine these kind of Victorian ladies, which I guess it really wasn't Victorian times by then, but you imagine women in their big full dresses taking this stroll through the woods and looking down on these um, grand bathhouses below them. So that's a cool place to walk. And, and that's can... morphed into you and Shay drinking beers at the microbrewery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can do. We call that progress. Yeah, and so you can you can take that walk, enjoy the nature, enjoy the the architecture, and you can see like the actual hot springs along that walk and put your um, touch them. You don't like want to put your body in the real hot springs coming out of the mountain because they're really hot, like they're really really hot. But you can access them there and kind of see that steam. Most of the springs have now been kind of channeled, so you don't have that access, that natural access to most of them. Um, that gets beyond my research. <laughs> Somehow they've capped them and done different things. Um, and then there's some mountain drives. You can go up in those mountains and see really pretty views of the Washita Mountains and the town of Hot Springs. So take a drive, take a walk, t- take a promenade. Uh, that's what you do in Hot Springs. Um, some presidential history as well. A little bit of presidential history. So former President Bill Clinton uh, spent much of his youth here in um he was born not too far away and then grew up in Hot Springs. So there's some sites related to, to him and the, his presidential library is over in Little Rock. And then this area was also popular with gangsters. So like Al Capone would come and hang out in Hot Springs uh, during Prohibition. There was gambling. So there's like a hotel called the Arlington that relate, that's from was popular in that time period. There's some museums of gangster history. So there's just kind of some quirky um an interesting history to explore in hot springs and another yeah (laughs) i was going to ask you what what you do when you get thirsty but go ahead we'll work up to that one more thing that relates to that um with all of these gangsters and this interesting history uh the horse races were a popular activity through the early part of the 1900s and still today so there's a park called oakland park where they do horse racing they have a big derby in the spring where the ladies wear their their uh, derby hats and so it's a pretty you know it's pretty inexpensive way to spend the day if you're not especially if you're not blowing a lot of money gambling you can just go hang out watch the ponies run by and kind of fun and different activity i was known to play the ponies for I, I'm, I'm sorry in my head right now i'm picturing shay carrie and stephanie playing, <laughs> I, I love playing, playing the, the ponies. ponies in victorian garb I after up, going to yeah. the micro i grew up a, less than a mile away from one of the really the most uh popular horse parks in the country and so yeah i kind of i always had that in the little backdrop of my you were history. good you were good i haven't played the ponies in years though Kids, kids just suck all the real fun out of your life. <laughs> uh, it's fun. Like you could put, you know, a dollar or two and then 
you know, it, t- it takes a long time, a lot longer yes. to lose your money doing that than in a. Um, and I think that's the secret of my love for playing the ponies. I'm an incredibly cheap person, and I'm not yeah. a natural gambler at Give all. Give the girl ten bucks. You yeah. can just get so much like experience out of a very small amount of money when you play the ponies. That's why I think it suits my personality well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're just right there, and it is fun to see them go thundering by and. Um, something our our kids had never seen, so we took them on that trip. We went over to Oaklawn and spent a couple of hours, and it was a fun way to spend a day. Now, Carrie, do you have any food wrecks for this area? We have a couple of different ones. One is a little unusual. So in addition to the microbrewery where you might find a drink, you can also get some of the nation's best water, I swear, in hot springs. And this water doesn't come from a hot spring. It actually comes from a cold spring nearby. But Mountain Valley Spring Water uh, has its headquarters in hot springs. And they have a a visitor center where you can go and sample. Of course, that sounds really dorky to say you're going to go sample the water. But we did because they also have, um, you know, flavored bubbly waters and all of that. And you can see a little bit of their history. And seriously, this water, it's like just has a slight sweetness to it. It's the best water ever. So I love to get go there and get some spring water um, at Mountain Valley. You can also get free hot spring water. Like if you bring your own containers, there's all kinds of taps in town where you can get water from the springs. You so need to move kind of- to hot springs, establish residency, <laughs> and run for mayor. And I'm calling this now. And then you'll be yeah. Dr. <laughs> mayor Carrie Cox. This is awesome. Like you really should be representing the town. I mean, this is, this is terrific. Yeah. I love it. I just, it's just one of those places where you just feel like you're someplace, you know, you feel like you're someplace different. It's just has a lot of personality. Uh, One final food recommendation. You have to get breakfast at the pancake shop downtown. It's called the pancake shop. And when they bring you the pancakes, they fill the plate. And luckily, your server is usually nice enough to tell you the secret is that you have to cut a hole in the middle of your pancake to give the syrup someplace to go. Because if you put it on your pancake, it's just going to go all over the table. So you cut your hole in the middle so that your syrup can kind of pool up in there instead of dripping everywhere. Um, it was really good. It's like a good kind of diner. It's a kind of place that I could see being on road food, just kind of good I, diner food. I'm checking road food after we're done recording. I'm yeah. checking road food to see if it's in, <laughs> see there. If it's in there. Yeah. So expect a line. You have to go early um, because they only serve breakfast and it's kind of cool though, because while you're waiting in line, I think they give you a little vibrate thing, you know, that'll tell you when it's your turn. And there's a little shop next door that has, foods and different things that you can kind of walk around in they have free coffee so you know you're waiting in line but you don't feel like you're waiting because you have something to do and so it was very good and then there's like a barbecue place i think called mcclard's i didn't get to go there but um our friend of the show um linda henderson the photographer from arkansas mm-hmm. she swears by it so she was telling us how good it was and we didn't get to get over there on this trip I i'm glad you brought her up she's such a wonderful photographer and she does a lot of photography for the state magazines and things like that so find her on instagram for some photos of of arkansas that are and beautiful. i think she is just at linda henderson at on Instagram. If you searched Linda yeah. Henderson, mm-hmm. I think she would right. pop up. Maybe we can put a little link to her yeah. Instagram in the show notes. Yeah, good call out. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for that amazing review of Washita State Park in Arkansas. We really appreciate another uh, another stop in this fine state that probably doesn't get enough travel press out there. 
That's right. So we're glad to share it with the nation. As long as you don't all come at once, I think it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> and, all right. and Carrie, where can everyone find you both online and on social media? I am Travels with Birdie on Instagram, Facebook, and then my blog is at travelswithbirdie.com. And you've got some great content right on that blog about Arkansas. Yeah, Everyone's we'll link to it all from rbfta.com yeah. too, from the review here. So Carrie, we'll see you at the campground. See you at the campground. We'll see ya. Take care. Thank you.